Welcome, you found Annunciation Parish in real life, the weekly podcast of Annunciation Parish in Evansville, Indiana. Welcome to our podcast for May 12th, 2021. This is Father Alex with the Signs of Life at Annunciation Parish. Yesterday, the Diocese of Evansville released some new guidelines for the celebrations of Masses and other sacraments. Our staff will be uh, reviewing those this week, and we'll start to put together a plan that works for our parish. Those guidelines will take effect the weekend of May 29th and 30th. I will say that there is a relaxing of some of the previous guidelines, but with that tantalizing teaser, you'll just have to wait to see what that will look like for our parish. Another reminder for those who are uh, homebound or would like communion brought to them uh, in the hospital uh, or in the nursing homes, we're very happy to do that. And we have a, about a dozen communion ministers who have volunteered to help with that. So if you'd like to receive communion at home or wherever you are, uh, please contact the parish office and let us know. Uh, Looking down the road, we're going to have an outdoor gathering in Van Park on Sunday, June 13th, after the 11 a.m. Mass at Christ the King. You can mark your calendars for that event, and more details will be forthcoming. This should be a nice and uh, safe way for us to be together and enjoy each other's company. And that's The Real Life at Annunciation Parish. Well, I am very happy to welcome Will Paget onto the podcast. Will, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you. We had uh, your wife Amber on last week, and this is your chance to defend yourself <laughs> against all the accusations that she made. Oh, all of them. <laughs> all, 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 like what two? Yeah, all if two. That. Of, all two of them. And you, I should note. I just asked you. You just got off a uh, uh, your shift, so you just work from midnight. It's yeah. it's ten thirty now that we're recording this. So. Uh, stay awake. Try to stay awake. Oh, and that's that's not a problem. <laughs> not a problem for you. Great. Well, maybe we could just get started. You could tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, where you went to school, all that kind of business. Uh, so uh, we'll keep it a little long story short. Okay. Born in Dallas, Texas. Moved around a bunch of times leading up to kindergarten. Eventually, uh, my family landed in Olney, Illinois. Um hmm. Some of the listeners may know where that is, Richland County, not too far away. Um, Went to school over there. I know Amber mentioned I went to a parochial uh, elementary and middle school. That was St. Joe. Mm -hmm. And uh, then went on from high school, graduated and went to college at IU. Graduated with a degree in telecommunications, moved up to Indianapolis. uh, Worked in radio a little bit there. Then... Through the uh, through the winds of change, got sent out to to Las Vegas, and and yeah. now now we're back here again. So yeah. uh, uh, I have a little bit of a deep rooted history, I guess you could say, here in Evansville. Um, and mom, hopefully I'm right. I tried to call you before this to <laughs> verify. Um, Christ the King is uh, is sort of where it all started for mm-hmm. me. Um, I'm pretty sure I was baptized here. <laughs> we I, can check. <laughs> and I'm and I'm pretty sure that my parents got married here as well. Oh, wow. So, um, 
I know that my my grandparents were very involved in the church here, and uh, this this is where I, when I wasn't going to church at home in in Olney, mm-hmm. this was the second home. I see. So nice, nice. Now, um, so first of all, I'm really nervous because you said that your first job was in radio. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, my heart is like pounding because I'm oh. so nervous to to have this. You should be on this side. I should be on that. Side. You should be interviewing me. <laughs> we can do that sometime. Yeah, we could do that. That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, so uh, Amber was telling us uh, last week a little bit about um, kind of from her perspective, your relationship and kind of how things uh, where you met and all those kinds of things. Um, so for you, in, in your early years, obviously you were. Uh, attending mass, but at a certain point, you maybe kind of strayed a little bit from the faith. What, yeah. When did that? How did that unfold? So, as I mentioned, I went to a to a Catholic middle school. Uh, we had religion courses. They didn't necessarily get too deep. Um, mm. And being raised by two Catholics, church was very much a a founding part of my life. Yeah. Um, saying prayers every night. Um, Occasionally, you know, go. We would do family prayers whenever the extended family got together. Things mm-hmm. like that. Um, once I hit high school and and just transitioned into the public school system, um, friends and people that I, I was acquaintances with were going to a non denominational Christian church, mm-hmm. and that had a lot of draw for me because my Catholic uh, parish didn't have a very um, active youth ministry. Uh, so there wasn't really, there were, there were a couple attempts at youth group, but none of them seemed to really stick. Yeah. Whereas the Christian church had, had all my friends there. So right. I was like, okay, let's go over there and let's see how this works. Mom was a little hesitant about that. She was like, you're still coming to Mass. And I was like, that's fine, but when Mass is over, I'm going over here to hang out with my friends. And and it was a really good piece. And I really, I have a, a lot to thank for, uh, his name is Matt Johnson. Mm-hmm. He, he was the youth uh, minister over there. And he kept me connected to God through high school. Yeah. Um, very much necessary in in that sort of phase of my life to to keep that. Absolutely. I mean, I I think we all need our faith to be more than just coming to Mass. And and we all all need something in terms of our relationship with God that that feeds this desire that we have for community, for good friendship, for deep conversation, for a place where we can have our questions answered. So it makes total sense that you would seek that out. And it was it was really wonderful because there was that outlet that I didn't necessarily have in that specific Catholic parish. Yeah. Now, when I got to college, uh, that's that's where the things started to slip. Sure. Um, not just things in the in the faith grades, maybe a little bit. The <laughs> that that GPA wasn't quite where it was in in high school. Yeah. Um, We're not going to review your transcripts, <laughs> so it's okay. Don't worry. But. And it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to, that I felt a need to, to step away from the church, but rather at that point in my life, I didn't feel a need to consistently go and worship God in this certain place 
every week. Mm -hmm. I still knew that I held Catholic foundations, Catholic morals, and, and, and Christian beliefs. It just wasn't something that I was going to take that time and devote to him. Mm. Uh, when I'd go home, still went to masks with the family, and I know there's a there's a wonderful bit from a comedian, John Mulaney, where uh, he uh, he was raised Catholic and he did the same thing, sort of stepped away and then went back to the church and oh yeah, no, I know what we're supposed to say. It's this. Uh, <laughs> that's not what everyone's saying anymore. <laughs> Definitely had a couple of those moments. Yeah, I still do. Um, just because the muscle memory is all there and yeah. it. Change a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we really, we really threw people off. That was around 2010, I think. And yeah. We really threw people. You, so you could tell when people came to funerals and weddings. It was like, no, it's it's a little different. Now. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so that's that was college. Um. Then, post graduation, met Amber. Uh, she spoke about her first experiences with mass. Yeah. Um, and, and she wasn't the first person that I had that experience with. Yeah. Uh, several other people that I dated, you know, tried to bring them to mass. And it was it was mostly the same thing where there was this intimidation factor mm-hmm. um, and nothing that I could necessarily explain to be like, well, you, it's OK. Like, you don't need to feel this way, but you do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's a real challenge, and uh, I think the way that Amber described it was really beautiful in some sense because um, because you didn't force that, uh, and it would be useless to force that. Like you mm-hmm. can't force someone to really um, understand that, or you can't you can't change their will or their desire to kind of be a part of that. It just takes time. There's nothing that can solve that except time and it sounds like uh, in your relationship with Amber, like you, you kind of gave it time to get to that point. And- yeah, no, it was, it was something where I knew inside that it was, it was a, a strong piece of me and something that I wanted to share with her. And in, in going to mass that, those couple of times with my family, we did that. And that was the introduction. And then, you know, Okay, you need to let things settle, take a little bit of a break. Okay, we'll try it here at, at this church. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe it's not quite the right fit. It's not the right time. Give it a little bit more time. Because you can lead a horse to water, you can't make a drink. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's just sort of how our faith journey went. You know, we, we knew we were on the same page spiritually, um, otherwise we probably wouldn't be married at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and having that understanding of where we were in our faith journey really helped when we moved back. So we, uh, as Amber mentioned, we moved back because of the pandemic and she read the, the writing on the wall. She wasn't going to be brought back to her job. She started looking for things in the Vegas Valley and didn't really find anything that she was really called to. And she thought, well, let's let's look what's back home in Indiana. Mm-hmm. And one of the first things was, was here in Evansville and mm-hmm. her knowing my connection to Evansville and how close in proximity we'd be to parents and things. Yeah. It was like, hey, this is a sign. Mm-hmm. If, if this comes to pass, 
we're going to go to church again. Yeah. And that's what happened. And I said, look, I know the church. <laughs> the first time we came over here, barely had to use the Google Maps. Yep. Just found my way and <laughs> rest is history. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's been great to have you uh, in the parish. It's uh, it's always good to see the two of you together. You seem like you like each other still, so, <laughs> so that's good. <laughs> Every day. Every day. <laughs> that's great. Uh, you know, we have a lot of... Um, I do a lot of weddings these days of, of uh, couples of, of mixed religion. Mm-hmm. And so in some cases, they are couples. Uh, one person is very strongly religious and the other person is very strongly not uh, or adamantly against it. Um, but And it sounds like though you and Amber had different, came from different traditions, you kind of allowed each other to kind of um, work through those differences and to, uh, as you said, to kind of arrive at that point spiritually where you were on the same page and then uh, what followed after that seemed to kind of happen more naturally. Is that... It was... Our relationship developed in, in an incredibly unique way. Um, we're very communicative mm-hmm. um, from the get-go. And I... So I, I proposed to her a year and a couple months into the relationship. Mm-hmm. Our engagement then lasted three more years. <laughs> okay. um, but I, I knew that I wanted to marry her after six months. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I knew that because of how much we had talked about where we saw ourselves in that moment and down the line. And while we understood that things would change, could change, will change, we knew that because we were talking through the things that we saw for each other, we would be able to make the relationship work. And that's definitely how it was spiritually because when we went through... um, the the pre-marriage process and and took and I I'm now blanking on on the written test the focus inventory thank you the focus inventory the the answers that we put down were nearly identical across the board (laughs) um and and father Kevin was like I I don't think I've ever seen anyone this like closely matching did you guys cheat (laughs) that's Uh, always our first question as priests (laughs) you must have cheated because there's no way that your relationship can be this good and it, it was just one of those things that we, when we sat, when we sat down and, and we took it, we we got in the car afterwards and we were immediately like, okay, this answer, this answer, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course, that answer, yeah. And it was it was so um, affirming, maybe. Yes, no, that's mm-hmm. a great word, affirming that that we were on that same page, mm-hmm. and and no, there's no need to ever push someone into anything. You can absolutely talk about the joys of being Catholic and and being part of the church, but trying to wedge something in, there's going to be tension, there's strain. And, and that, that fosters a, you know, a a negative energy. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's true. You know, communication, and older couples will tell you the same thing. Communication is um, essential to any marriage. Communication on on every level, finances, spirituality, 
family life, all those kind of things. It, it makes a huge difference if, if you're able to just to be honest and talk through the the struggles and the questions that you have individually and as a as a couple. So so that's great. That's great. Well, well, here's your chance. You can ask me anything. You can ask. This is your chance to interview me. I'll give you a few minutes. Oh, goodness. I'll, and then I might just cut you off. So we'll see. So um, in, in going through the RCIA process with, with Deacon John, mm-hmm. um, he mentioned something that uh, that you were a student of his. I, I was, yeah. I, I had him for fresh, freshman uh, theology at Modern Day uh, back in the day. And... He uh, he was known for jumping on desks, uh, so I'm grateful that that during a homily he's not yet jumped onto the altar. <laughs> yeah, I I have to admit it's always a concern of mine, uh, and I'm always ready to kind of spring into action and and uh, and catch him before he does that. But he would um, uh, he knows this himself, so it's not like I'm talking behind <laughs> his back. Uh, but he, he would drink a lot of coffee and he would just get amped up for class. And, and it was great because he was really enthusiastic. He, uh, he was uh, all over the place in class, but I learned a lot uh, from him. And um, it, was, it was very entertaining. It was quite a, quite a little circus, but it was a great, um, it was a great class. Do you, do you think that you have modeled any of your personality and maybe passion <laughs> After some of that, or did that come naturally? Um, I, maybe a little bit of both. I, I, I would say there were a number of people in my life who, who really showed that enthusiasm for for the faith that um, that that I try to kind of model in my particularly in my preaching. Um, I, I do think. Um, part of it is it's it comes very naturally to me like Mm -hmm. when i preach i don't like write into my homily like start screaming here or (laughs) you know uh, start beating on the podium right here like when when that happens it it really just does happen naturally maybe supernaturally is a better word for it um because i i i really believe what i'm saying and that uh, i think that i have to i have to let people know that in some way i just can't it definitely comes through. Yeah. It is. It is definitely very natural as as someone who did grow up in the church and has been, you know, who has seen several. I won't say many, <laughs> and as being only twenty nine. Yeah. Um, but seen several different preaching styles. Mm. It's very very natural. Mm. And okay. and one more, just I guess, on this topic is if you could choose, if you remember one specific homily that you've done. Is there any single one that stands out in your mind that you can just pull like, yes, I nailed it? The, yeah, there there are there are two. Um, the first was the, the homily that I that I titled "Rise Up," which was an Easter homily um, from about four years ago, I think. Um, I think it's the one that has the most views on my uh, YouTube channel, and uh, I just. Uh, I had been waiting to give that homily for a few days <laughs> because that that um, that phrase rise up comes comes up in in several of the readings in the liturgy of the hours that leads up to to Easter and so um, I just uh, I felt it just really in my bones and I and as I was giving it I I could just feel the the work of the Spirit 
The other was um, a homily about the woman who comes in to, uh, who's washing the feet of Jesus with her tears, drying them with her hair, anointing his feet. And uh, Jesus asks that great question of Simon the Pharisee, Simon, do you see this woman? And um, it was so evident that, that Simon didn't see her, like he saw her sin and he saw her reputation, her, her bad reputation, but he didn't see her. And I, it just really struck me how often we don't see people, we don't see the person, we see their, their sin or their, uh, their reputation. So that homily, I still go back and watch that homily because it still strikes me and it's still helpful for myself. And I think, well, that's really good. I mean, who gave that homily? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Like uh, some of those, sometimes, I, and I do go back and watch my homilies and I think, wow, that was, that was pretty good. Sometimes I say, you know, stupid. You, <laughs> why would you say that? But there are some times when I find inspiration uh, just by watching how the spirit works in a particular homily. So well, I definitely know what I'm doing when I get home. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't binge watch them. You'll you'll uh, especially after a long night of work. You need, you need to get some rest first. Well, Will, thank you so much. I've never had anybody interview on the, me on the podcast, so it's uh, those are appreciate well, the questions. Well, thank you. It's an honor to be the first. Great, great. Well, uh, go home, get some rest. Thank you for coming in today uh, for sharing your story. Um, it's uh, I, I think y- your story and, and Amber's story. Uh, they're really helpful for us in understanding what a what it means to try to live the faith with someone and and, uh, and how that to watch how that develops over time. So thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me. Thanks for spending time with us. Join us again next week right here on Annunciation Parish in Real Life. <laughs>